back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. It is Super Bowl week, and we have what we believe is a super podcast for you today. We'll be joined by the actor, comedian, host of the NFL Honors, and the greatest Detroit Lions fan there might be, Keegan Michael Key. And we'll be joined by ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington for some perspective on the great career of the former Buccaneers and Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady. And of course, Tom Brady, a part of the news last week when he officially announced his retirement in the midst of what has been, what I would say is the longest stretch of NFL history of craziness. And the reason I say that is because this has been the most drawn out coaching search that we've ever had with all the vacancies still not filled as we head into Super Bowl week. This has been the first 18-week season with 17 games per team. This is with the greatest quarterback in NFL history retiring. This is with a Monday night wildcard game. And so usually with ESPN, having covered this league since 1990, I can always count on catching my breath in late December and certainly after the divisional playoff round, the second round of the playoffs, Usually the coaching openings are filled, and now it has not been like that. It has not been anything like that. Now, in typical NFL fashion, the league has found ways to continue to add on things. An extra week of the season, an extra day of wildcard weekend with the Monday night game. That doesn't include all the coaching searches and Tom Brady. And so it has just been a grind. Just for all the people in and around the game, when I talk to coaches and front office members, I think they feel the same, except some of their seasons, most of their seasons have come to an end. And ours here at ESPN hasn't. We keep going on and on, and we've arrived now at the week of the big game, Super Bowl 56, the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. And I will say this, just occurred to me, talking to one of the Rams higher-ups last week, And he was saying to me that them winning the NFC championship game was the highlight of his life. Better than getting married, better than having children, because it was this team having built this stadium for this Super Bowl, only to see this team qualify and advance to Super Bowl 56. And sometimes in another one of those human moments, it's a reminder of how much it means to people. And it meant that much to him. And it meant that much to all the people he worked with. And they say that it was the single most memorable moment of their lives. Think about that. Conversely, on the other side, there was a video that I posted on my Instagram account that the Cincinnati Inquirer ran. It was about a three-minute video of Bengals fans celebrating the team's AFC championship game win over the Kansas City Chiefs to get to Super Bowl 56. And if you haven't seen the video, go to my Instagram account at Adam Schefter. It's posted. I posted it on Thursday, February 3rd. You can go find it. And I've watched the video now four or five times. And every time I watch it, I get emotional because you see how much these games and sports mean to people. And you see the real emotion involved so that when you see this video and you hear a Rams official say it's the single greatest moment of his life, 
you understand why he feels that way. Because that's how much this game and this sport and sports in general mean to people. And now the Rams and Bengals put it on the line for one more memory. So much on the line for players on both sides. There's legacies, memories, money, memories. Like there is so much for everybody, right? What if Joe Burrow wins this? How celebrated is he going to be? How many commercials are we going to see of Joe Burrow in the offseason? What if Matthew Stafford wins this? Are we going to start thinking of him as a Hall of Fame quarterback with a Super Bowl win on his resume? These wins in these games help define careers and help set up opportunities and memories that might not have existed. And it will all be unfolding this week in Los Angeles leading up to Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. And before we get to that big game on Sunday, we will have on Thursday night the NFL Honors Award Ceremony. And the man that will be hosting that show on ABC will be none other than the outstanding actor, comedian, Lions fan, the great Keegan Michael Key. All right, can you hear me now? Oh, that sounds outstanding. That's much better. There we go. <laughs> that sounds outstanding, Keegan. Thank you very much. Wow. What could you do there? I'm, now, you sound like you're sitting right next to me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and guess what? It's an honor to sit next to you. Oh, thank you, sir. An honor to sit next to you. And uh, my, um, I was going to say my uh, fellow Michigander, but you are a Michigander by proxy, right? As, a, as an, a U of M alum. Correct. Correct. Well, I'll say this to you. I don't know if you will remember this, but we were at the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago, and it was yeah. in, I believe it was in Orlando, and I happened to have both my children with me, and I've introduced them to football players before, and they could care less, but they got <laughs> to meet the great Keegan-Michael Key, and they oh, were over, gosh. they thought that was the coolest thing ever. That is fair. I am flattered. Tell them I am flattered by their attention, and I really appreciate that. That was a great time. That was a fun time. And then I saw you again with your daughter at, um, at Jane Goodell's premiere of her documentary about the, the, four, the four female owners, the four, you know, uh, yes. Mount Rushmore of, of owners in the NFL. I remember that as well. That was great. And, and let me say this, as much as I admire and respect you, my daughter worships you a lot more than I do, Keegan. Okay. I'm just telling you. <laughs> We're going to be honest here. If we're if we're if we're going to be honest here, okay. If we're going to be if we're going to be, I think we should spend the entire podcast being as honest as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's do that, okay? Let's let's be as honest as we possibly can. Let's just be honest and frank. I mean, maybe that's too honest, but (laughs) speaking of being honest, how do you feel about the Detroit Lions, Keegan? Let's be honest. Let me. Okay, I I will be honest with you. I for me, (laughs) for me, for me. I am, I have to tell you, Adam, I am actually really excited right now. I am really, really excited for them. I'm seeing how the players are gravitating toward Dan Campbell. And I think uh, coming out of the previous environment, that's, it's, it just means the world to the organization right now and definitely to him and to the players. And I'm, I'm actually, I really do think a new day is dawning. And if we're, since we're being honest, I also (laughs) think there's going to be a seismic shakeup in the NFC North that could certainly benefit Detroit. I feel that way too. I mean, let's be honest. So are you telling me that you think Aaron's leaving green Bay? I do. I think he's going to leave. I really think he's, I mean, listen, 
I certainly hope he leaves. <laughs> I hope he leaves Green Bay. But I do. I really feel that he is. I, I feel that. Um, I mean, he he made it very clear when they were interviewing him the, uh, last week and he was saying that he doesn't want to and it's certainly fair that he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild he's not interested in being part of a rebuild and that's certainly what's going to be going on um in their ranks right now i, I mean don't you don't you agree i mean you, listen you know you you always have your ear to the ground that is literally you know your job and you are you do it with a plum but i i really feel i really i do i feel i feel that there's an exit there because i think there are appealing plate let's if we take it away from the Packers for a second, there there may be a, a very appealing places for him to go. And, and, and I, I think that also, and listen, he has certainly has a legacy in that city, but I feel like there's more that he wants to achieve. And there was certainly, you know, perhaps some discontent with, with what he had achieved. So I think, I, I think it might, it might actually be a winning recipe for everyone involved. Well, let me ask you this. If, if he is at the NFL honors and he was the MVP you, as a Detroit Lions fan, should encourage him, right, to <laughs> yes, seek to seek different <laughs> pastures. To, like, seek, you, uh, to seek greener. You, yeah. Keegan, you can influence the process if you wanted. I think that's a great idea, Adam. I, I appreciate that idea. I think I might, I might I'm actually say to Aaron, you should seek not greener pastures and certainly not greener or yellow pastures, <laughs> but maybe, maybe, you know, maybe a red and blue pasture or, <laughs> or, 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 or blue a, and orange or, or a blue and orange pasture. Oh no, no, yes. not a blue and orange, please. Not that pasture. Oh. He, he should go, he should go to, I don't know, like a, a black and leopard skin and green tongue pasture or just to another, maybe a lovely pasture in a different conference. How about, how about, how about Honolulu blue and silver? Well, see now there, a Honolulu blue and silver pasture is something that is extremely alluring to me. And maybe Aaron, maybe Aaron. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, you're going to have the best seat in the house as the host of NFL honors on a night yeah. when he very well might win the MVP. You can have the stage to yourself there, Keegan. You can do whatever you want and say whatever you want. I may be able to wield some power that night. I may be able to change the face of the NFL as we know it. <laughs> you, my friend, are going to be the power broker that shapes oh the NFL. Off have you ever contemplated that? Like the power that's in your hands at the NFL honors that night. I can't, I'm trembling right now. I'm trembling at the thought of it. <laughs> I'm becoming. <laughs> what, 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 is it, what, is it, what is it like to host the NFL honors, Keegan? It's really, it's really such an exciting, it's such an exciting event because I, we, uh, I call it, we call it uh, the, um, the football Oscars, because I think you, when you, when you're hosting, especially when I was hosting back in 2017, you can feel the, because I've hosted and I've also presented um, yeah. in, in um, subsequent uh, NFL honors, but you feel the excitement of the players in the room. You really feel, I mean, this means a lot to them because you think about how hard a football player works in the off season and in OTAs and in training camp and in the preseason and in the regular season. And when, when something, when things start to go a particular player's way, all that work and all it's lovely to be recognized for all that sacrifice. And um, I remember a couple of year years ago, I was presenting and I was sitting with Saquon Bar, I was sitting next to Saquon Bar hmm. and, and uh, he he was genuinely nervous. He was genuinely nervous yeah. about the rookie of the year award. I, I know for me, it's easy because I'm not in his shoes. So I'm going, Oh, it's your shoe and your shoe. In. But he was visibly nervous and I, they're very honored. So you feel this electricity yeah. in the room. And then on um, at the top, what, whatever venue we've ever been in always, there's always the, the upper mezzanine 
where all the fans are. And they're like wonderful people, true blue fans that, that are screaming for the players. It's just, it's just a wonderful night. It's, it usually ends up being a very magical night. And so I'm really, really looking forward to this. And not only, not only Adam, am I looking forward to doing it again? The thing that I think is very special is that we have this, I think there's a lovely historical, um, um, how shall I say it? A historical bent to this this particular year's NFL honors because it's in LA. It's the it's the home of the very first Super Bowl, and I'm really so that alone is going to be fun. That alone, that thought. You you mentioned sitting next to Saquon Barkley and how nervous he was. Mm-hmm. Does a, does an event like this make you nervous at all? Because it's different than what you normally do. You know, I I I I would say I always get nervous a little bit but it's it it's an excitement it, it's mostly because you you've prepared a really great show you you've worked really hard with the writers uh the producers and and you want the show to be great especially for me because my my partner she's one of the head writers of the nfl honors this year and she's got i have to tell you they have they have cooked up some amazing, amazing ideas. And it's, really? it's, it's, it's so exciting. So it's so exciting. And so the answer about getting nervous is you really want to execute. I want, I want to execute it as best I can because I want the players to have as much fun as they can. I want it to be as entertaining for them as it can. And I really, so, so that's, that's kind of where the nervousness comes from. It's not about it's it's making sure that they receive it the way that we want them to, you, you know, you know what I mean? that we want them to have it because I, I love football so much and it's so dear to my heart yeah. that I want these guys to be entertained. I want them to feel, you know, uh, honored. It's you really want them to, you want them to enjoy themselves that night. Right. I want them. In, yes. I yeah. really want them to enjoy themselves. And you and want so, them to come away with a great opinion of key and Michael, like, Look, he was awesome. He was awesome, wasn't he? I do. I'm competitive in that way. I want to give the best show I can. You know, I want to score a touchdown. I want to get a first down every 15 minutes. (laughs) I want to just don't want to get sacked. Yeah, I don't want to get get sacked. sacked. Exactly. I want to get to the end zone at at every commercial break. You know what I mean? And so it's Keegan. (laughs) You know, it's Keegan versus the Jitters. It's 27 to zero at the end of the second. Keegan has the jitters on the ropes, you know. So, um, you talk but, about yeah, wanting really... to. Go, you talk about wanting to put on a good performance. How do you know when you're acting that you've had a good performance? Is it like a golf shot when you hit it? You hit it pure. You feel it. You know. Like, how do you know when you've nailed your part? The way that you know you've nailed it, uh, there's there's two ways really that you know that you nailed it. One is that if you can see a reaction in your scene partner. Mm-hmm. you know that you've done your job. It's a, and, and in our industry, there's a saying, sometimes people say, I'm not an actor, I'm a reactor. Right. And what that means is that you're getting something from your partner that affects you in a way you weren't expecting. And they see that. And then you give them something back that affects them in a way they weren't expecting. And that keeps going back and forth. And that's when people say, oh, there was magic on camera or we saw the magic on stage. It's that same, it's, it's that feeling um, that's how you know that you've done something well. Now, when you're on camera and there's no audience there, it's a, it's a different animal. So when you're on camera, very often for me, especially in a comedy, if you're doing something and it's going well and you, you can hear sometimes, you can hear the cameraman giggling yeah. or the electricians giggling, uh. you know it's going well. It's especially around the beginning of the, 
uh, you know, like you'll do like three or four or five takes. At the beginning, if they're giggling, it usually means the material's strong and you're delivering it well. Wow. But it's, it's, it, acting to me is very much like a, an athletic endeavor. So if you think about this last weekend, we know that Travis, we all know that Travis Kelsey kind of called his own route, right? He kind of mm-hmm. just said to Patrick, I don't think I'm going to do that route. I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go right into the flat and just, I see how they're playing. And so they weren't expecting it. They didn't know how to react to it. And Patrick didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but there's, there's simpatico, you know, there's a, a connection between the two of them. And that's what you always want with, um, that's something that you always want when you have, when you have a scene partner. So really wide receivers and, and quarterbacks are scene partners is, is how I look at it. The same way that like a defensive lineman, all the defensive linemen are listening to the, the Mike quarterback and he's the, he's, they're all scene partners. It's a dance, you know? So that's how, you know, that's how, you know, and they're reactors too. They react to what the quarterback's seeing and doing and feeling and throwing. Right. And they react. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'll also know uh, the show went well when Roger Goodell invites me back. So. <laughs> well, you, you've been invited back considering that you hosted it in 2017 the Super yep. Bowl in Houston. You're back here for the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, airing the Thursday night before the Super Bowl at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC and simulcast on ESPN Plus and NFL Network. And you have had this great run and you've become so immensely popular and successful. And you've done all these things right now. Um, Key and Peel and Playing House and Mad TV and Whose Line Is It Anyway? And all these things like this. What would constitute for you the next level what is next in your career is it winning one day uh in oscar is it starring in some huge like what what is next for you what 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 i would love to have i mean listen an oscar is always i think is kind of usually in somebody's mind it's it certainly is in mind i I will i will say it is in my mind you would always love to be to, to, to have that honor but what i would really like to do is i'm is moving from comedy into more dramatic roles, which is what my initial training was and also into action. Like I kind of would love to do more action, like uh, uh, dramatic, I'm trying to think of like detective stories or an action movie. So, so and and, in action comedy too would be, would be fun, but that's the genre that really excites Mm -hmm. me. And that's the genre I'd like to move into more is um i like um uh i had a conversation one day years ago i went to um uh, uh, my wife and i went to go see uh, denzel washington on broadway and we were backstage and my wife was talking to denzel and she and he he was taking a picture with me he put his hand on my shoulder he said well, you, you've been working out and my wife said well he wants to be he wants to be in action movies and 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 then he said he said well he wants to do them running jumps <laughs> the running jumps that's what he calls them running jumps and and so and so my um uh, and so that's the, that's the kind of direction I'm migrating in migrating toward in my life right now. Yeah. So like there's I've been moving in that direction. I've made a movie. You know, I was in The Predator, yep. the Shane Black movie. So, you know, got to carry a gun, shoot, shoot aliens. That's fun. Huh. I just finished doing um, a Judd Apatow movie called The Bubble, where I'm where I'm playing. I'm I'm playing an action star in the movie. And and so I'm moving in that direction. And that's. Um, that's what, uh, yeah, that's, that's, 
I would have liked to have seen you as the next James Bond. I would the James Bond. I would love to play James Bond. Are you kidding me? But the, I mean, these movies are fun. These movies are fun. It's fun for me to do this. It's fun to yeah. it's fun to be in that arena. You, you know, and it's um, it's that you know, variety is the spice of life. When, when did you know that that things were working for you? When did you know that this was working out? Um, I would say. Gosh, that's a really good question. I would say probably probably when I got to Chicago in 2001 and I was working as an improv actor uh, at, in the, at the sketch comedy theater, the improv, uh, I'm not saying, yeah, it is an improvisational theater, the sketch comedy theater, the second city in Chicago. Yep. And I don't know if you've ever been, but I, that's kind of where I got my start after I got out of school. And I, I felt in a way that, that I had kind of achieved what I wanted because I was, I was a, a, an actor who was working regularly. I had a, I had a job and I did that job, um, you know, night after night after night. And that was, that was one level. But then the next level was probably, I think, by the time, um, <clears throat> I would say Key and Peel really. Yeah. I think that Key and Peel made me really feel like I had, a sense of, oh, I'm really, really doing what I want to do. And like that. So that would have been your breakthrough. Yeah, that was the breakthrough. That was definitely the breakthrough. Cause that was when in the midst of the show, then I, you start to get calls from your agent and your agent would say, these people wanted to talk to you about this movie, or these people wanted to offer you a role in a movie, or we want to send you a script to look at. And that's kind of when you know that you've made it or that it's going in the direction that you want it to. And how about this? There have been so many iconic Key and Peele videos. What would you say is the sketch that people quote to you the most when they see you? Definitely the substitute teacher. Oh, yeah. That's the one. That's definitely the most popular one. Mm. And that's the one, I mean, because I'll sometimes just be walking down the street and somebody will cross the street just goes, hey, Aaron. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And it just, you just wave to them. And that, that, that happens almost on a daily basis. So that's definitely, that would definitely the most popular one. Uh, before I let you go, so now you're going to be on stage here. Now we're back to Super Week. You're going to be on stage here. Yeah. And not only we have the chance to shape Aaron Rodgers, but you can talk to Tom Brady. You can talk to some of the other players. Like you can have a whole role on this whole off season. What would you <laughs> like to see happen to give people an idea that you could go now influence that night, Keegan? That would be, that would be, I think what would happen is we would we would know that I'd be taking calls if anything that I tried to do that night actually worked. You know what I mean? So people say, wait a minute, didn't he say something to, to Tom Brady during the honors and then that happened? And then he said this to Aaron Rodgers, if that happened, then they would really know. Then they would really know yeah. it was a power broker. Yeah, yeah. So you, you could go over to Devontae Adams, who is scheduled to be a free agent, even though he may be tagged and say, I'm telling you, you would love Detroit. You would love no, Detroit. You would love you Detroit. Yeah, you, you can say that to any of the defensive, any player that you want in the Honolulu, in the Honolulu, the Honolulu Blue and Blue. Silver. Yeah, you, you go and make that happen. That I, I mean, mean it's could you imagine? You. I just I could tell Devontae Adams. I'm like, no, I know. Don't you want to work with a like? Don't you want to work with a really great up and coming tight end like T.J. Hawkinson? Wouldn't yeah, that go. be something to do? Wouldn't you like to be line up opposite that kid? I mean, you're in Green Bay. It's not. It's listen. It's actually less cold <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> And you play indoors. 
and you play indoors. I mean, this isn't that appealing? Yeah, exactly. And 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 if it weren't Aaron Rodgers, who would you like to see as your quarterback next season, Keegan? Who would I like to see as our quarterback next season? Um, to 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 be honest, to be honest, I would love. To, I I I really like Jared Goff, and right. I would like to give Jared Goff another season because I think right at the end of our season I saw him developing a lot of chemistry yeah and especially with this kid Amon Ross St. Brown our our, our rookie wide receiver he was he's really good so I'd like to see I I I want I'd like to see Jared as our uh first string quarterback for like a couple more seasons because I think he's really he's starting to build some chemistry and build some rhythm with these uh with these receivers these young receivers and i hope that we get another young receiver like a like a good hot shot receiver in the draft well the lions have never drafted a wide receiver in the first round before that's always i mean that's never happened right Keegan? that's never no that's never <laughs> <laughs> they went on that stretch for a while holy oh cow, my god drafted yeah, every wide Miller. receiver every wide receiver around exactly yeah right yeah. That, that that was when it was hard to be a lion who mike williams roy mike williams, williams. Uh, at, at, um, what was his name? Charlie Roy Williams, Mike Williams. And what was the other kid's name? Who went to Michigan state, Charles Rogers, Charles Rogers, Charles Rogers. Charles yeah, Rogers. Right. And then they finally hit on Calvin Johnson, but that came in the draft in which a quarterback went later in the same round, uh, a guy by the name Aaron Rodgers. back to him again. That's right. That's absolutely right. Oh my gosh. That's the same draft. I forgot that. Same that's draft. Amazing. In fact, I think the lions drafted Calvin Johnson Right after the then Oakland Raiders drafted Robert Gallery. Draft trivia that means nothing, Keegan, but holds a spot in my mind that I don't know, understand why it does, but it does. <laughs> it's just in there. And it, it, it will, is it funny? Because that will always be there, Adam. With, with, with that, that, the piece of information will always be in there. Isn't that interesting? Do you remember wow. lines from shows that you've done that just stay in your mind and never leave you? Like I remember meaningless draft information. Every now and again, I remember, yeah, I do. Every now and again, I remember lines or a lyric from a song that I sang in a musical. And um, I will, you know, I'll remember things like, I'll remember things like, I'm trying to think of a, a line that, um, oh, there's a line, um, there's a line from Shakespeare that I really like, um, where uh, uh, one of the characters says, the delightful engine of her thoughts. Somebody's using a line to describe someone's tongue or the thing that they use to make their voice. I was like, that's a really neat line. And then um, I think, what's the other? There's another what comes to my mind. Like, but uh, yeah, they do. Things come, they come to my mind every now and again. Well, lines, old lines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so you, you remember lines. I remember draft information. And right. I, it just stays in your it's, brain. It just stays in your brain. Keegan, it is my pleasure. It is my honor. I hope to get the chance to bump into you Super Bowl week. And like I said, thank you for your time today. Thank you for the thrill that you provided my children. And thank you for giving me a little bit more street cred with them. You're, you're welcome. It's, 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 that is my pleasure. That's what I'm here to do. Thank you, Keegan. We'll see you Super Bowl right. week. You got it, buddy. The great Keegan Michael Keane. How much fun was it talking to him? And how much fun will he have hosting Thursday night? And we'll see if and how. He needles each of these players and has some fun with them as we begin to head into the offseason. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. From Keegan-Michael Key onto the great ESPN reporter, Jeff Darlington. All right, Jeff, so we are coming off a week in which we saw the greatest football player, the greatest quarterback that we've seen retire. And I just wanted to know, for as long and as well as you've covered him, how you will remember Tom Brady. That's a great, great question, Adam. Um, Look, I think that, you know, everybody will remember so much of what Tom did on the field. And a lot of people will talk about what he did off the field as well. But there was a certain place where I feel like Tom resonated and probably made him the champion that he was. And that was in the locker room. Um, Over the years, talking to teammates and different people who played with him and whether it was in New England in the early days, New England in the middle era or Tampa Bay, they all just talked about how he was the guy you wanted to play for. And I think that that to me, um, when we talk about other guys that maybe, you know, haven't been able to capture the championships quite the same way, Tom could change a culture and get guys to play for him like nobody else. And I definitely will remember that about him. What did he do to change the culture? How did he change the culture to what? That's a great question too. Um, you know, I, first of all, I think toward the end of his career, it was like just by walking in the room, right? Greatness sort of breeds greatness. But early yeah. days, like if you heard the stories about Teddy Bruschi and Mike Vrabel, talk to those guys about the edgers, as they called them. Um, it was always about edging the other one out. And, and Tom was different than the other guys in that he played offense. But the defensive guys embraced him because he had that sort of same mentality. And, uh, and I think that he brought that with him throughout his career. And as a result, was just uh, an incredible teammate. Also, here's another interesting thing about Tom. Like when Josh Gordon got to New England, it's not just about what he does in the locker room and shows that he's winning. Josh Gordon got to New England, obviously dealing with a lot of troubles off the field. And Tom was immediately calling Josh saying, hey, let's go to dinner, you, me, and my wife, Giselle. And, and quickly embracing guys in a way that, doesn't just make them feel like they're your teammate, but also your friend. He did it with Antonio Brown. I know it's very controversial, he, but he's also done it with um, uh, whether uh, O.J. Howard, a guy when he got there, he really warmed up to him. He saw the talent. He also saw the person inside and said, man, I, I think I could really, you know, turn this person into a friend and an advocate on the field. I think he inspired people to be better than they thought they could be themselves sometimes, and they love being around him. And did you hear the story that Teddy Bruschi told on Sunday Countdown? 
during the conference championship round. We're, no, which one? His son Dante. We were, we, were, was, we, were, uh, we were a little busy, Adam. <laughs> yeah, his son Dante was trained to be a quarterback, and one time Tom asked him about Dante, and and he said, "Let's." He said, "Put me on Facetime," and he went up to Dante's room, and there was Tom Brady taking Teddy's son through how to be a quarterback on Facetime, giving him all these little <laughs> tips, and it was just a very cool moment and a very cool story that Teddy shared about Tom that. I think showed how genuine Tom is, how he cared about his teammates, families, not just the people themselves away from the football field. The story exemplified a lot of the things that you've heard about Tom Brady, but it fall, it fell under the category of show me, don't tell me. And that was a perfect example of it. It's interesting too, because not just his teammates, but you know, the story we did on Noah Reeve, the, uh, the, the child who, beat brain cancer. And, um, you know, the background of that story, as I'm sure people are generally familiar with, with what happened there where Tom went over and put the hat on this kid's head during a game. But the background was that earlier in that year, Tom had sent this kid a message and Tom didn't really know him, didn't really know all about his story, but he was always willing to do those little gestures to, uh, to maybe just, I mean, appeal to a person or maybe help a person out in in a way, by the way, that was never, as much as people think that Tom is maybe an attention seeker, it's quite the opposite, whether it's injuries, whether it's uh, moments like that where he wanted to reach out to somebody, whether it's retirement. I mean, things like that, like he, he doesn't really, people think that he wants to make a big show about it. It's not the case. He actually wants things to be quite, quite kind of behind the, the scenes and just sort of plow through his life. That was an incredible story that you ran during the season about the boy with the brain cancer yeah. and what it meant. And, and in fact, that was the week that they were doing the Let's Go podcast with Jim Green. They invited a bunch of That's right. reporters on to ask Tom questions, right? And the one question that, awesome. that I asked him that day was, were you aware that this boy was in the stands? How did you yep. come to know? I didn't realize there was a whole backstory to this Yeah, that Tom knew that you wound up doing a feature <laughs> on on Sunday Countdown. Yeah, we flew out to Utah. I, I ran into the... Um, Walking out of the parking lot, I ran into the the uh, the kid and his father playing catch in the parking lot at Raymond James Stadium. They were waiting for an Uber, and we started to talk. And he kind of shared his story on what Tom had meant to him. And I mean, dude, I, like I I got choked up so many different times that night between watching the moment, talking to them in the parking lot, and then flew out to Utah two days later and spent um, the day with with the family. And um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever. I mean. That'll always be a, a story that will um, stick with me my entire life. And, and it is thanks to not only the, the, the bravery of Noah, but um, the willingness of Tom to go out of his way and do something like that for that kid. So did you know about that story before it unfolded that day at the stadium and you saw them in the parking lot? Were you aware of it? No, n- nobody did. I, I saw him in the parking lot after. So I was right, standing exactly. on the sideline. No, and, and I saw the moment. And right then um, I was like, oh, my gosh, what what is the story about this this kid, Noah? Like he's got this sign that he's holding up saying um, Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer. But in your head, you're thinking, OK, he's just sort of he loves Tom Brady and sort of was inspired by him in that way. But then when I saw him in the parking lot, I was like, so what did you mean by, well, how did Tom Brady help you eat brain cancer? And the dad pulls out his phone. And he's like, watch this video Tom sent us six months ago. And it was right 
after he had gotten diagnosed and it was in like one of the kid's lowest points. He was sitting in his car with his mom. They were broken down. He was going into one of these holes that he would go into where he'd just be in a bad spot. And, he, and his mom gets a ding on the phone. And it's a text from Tom Brady. Well, didn't know who it was from. Plays the video and it's Tom saying, hey, Noah, you know, we're in this together. Fast forward. It wasn't some like, it wasn't like a make a wish kind of thing. It was the, the parents that day promised their son, Noah, that when he beat brain cancer, they would take him to watch Tom Brady live. And two days before the game, the mom got on StubHub and bought tickets for that game. And they couldn't afford four tickets. So they just bought two. So the dad, they could be close enough to maybe get Tom's attention. And that's how that whole thing, it was completely organic and just an unbelievable um, just circumstance. So Tom didn't know that they were going to be in the stands. Tom did not know they were in the stands. Tom didn't know until he went over and put the hat on the kid's head. And the dad said to him, you sent us a video earlier this year. Wow. And that that was when Tom realized, oh, this is that kid. I mean, pretty awesome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The morning that he did retire, Jeff, I have a fun story for you there. What was that like for you to hear word that he had gotten, that he had retired? Well, I mean, obviously we were going through, you know, people, we, we both knew that he was going to retire, um, uh, you know, so set aside the, the personal, like, okay, you know, that's, that's done because it was about more than that. And I think that that's something that pr- people probably won't understand is that like, um, I certainly wasn't comfortable being part. I mean, as much as we're doing our jobs there, like I wanted that moment immediately to be about Tom at that point. Like, okay, this is um, Tom Brady has just ended his career uh, as the greatest football player of all time. And all of a sudden you do start to think like you, you know, there's yesterday and then there's today. And there's the difference of Tom Brady for my entire real football life was a quarterback in the NFL. And then all of a sudden he's not. Uh, and that's a pretty, that's a pretty, you know, drastic change from one day to another. And uh, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that there's so many great quarterbacks in the NFL coming up now, whether it's Patrick or Josh or Joe or Justin, um, there's all these great quarterbacks because it does feel like Tom is sort of the end of that incredible group that we all got to grow up with um, through the 2000s. Well, I'm actually very grown up because I remember him doing that and coming on a long time before that. You know, again, when he first arrived on the scene, I was well into my newspaper career and I got to watch him unfold into the greatest quarterback of all time. And then on the morning that he retired, knowing that 
or figuring that the announcement would be coming soon that morning at breakfast. It was about 6, 37 a.m. I'm getting my daughter ready to go to school. I said, Dylan, do me a favor. I've never set an alert on Instagram in my life. Can, can you do me a favor and set my alerts to Tom Brady so that if and when he announces something, I'm ready. And so at 7 a.m. that Tuesday, my daughter set alerts for Tom Brady. And sure enough, two hours later, I was on the Peloton and it says Tom Brady just posted. I'm like, what, what did he? Tom Brady just retired. Wow. There yeah. goes the great, there goes the greatest quarterback ever posting his official retirement announcement. And what went you what went through your mind when you saw that he actually did retire there, Jeff? Yeah, I mean well, you know what was interesting too is that like he just put out this statement and 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 that was kind of it. You know, he put out a, a, a Shadow Lion video um, yesterday. But you know, there's a component to Tom that I think maybe people were expecting some much bigger, grander announcement. And um, I never sensed that that was necessarily going to be the case. Um, part of the reason he didn't want to come back in 2022. It's not really, I shouldn't say it's part of the reason, but he didn't want that retirement tour. He didn't want the farewell tour. And I, I do think that there's this, that guy in, in New England that was very private and really didn't show his true personality until he got to Tampa. I do believe that guy in New England um is, is a lot of who Tom is like, he really, truly like when he tours or when he was playing on a fully torn MCL last season, like he didn't want anybody to know anybody, not even the bucks. Like he doesn't want where you've got some quarterbacks who are like, you know, like, I don't want to take a shot at Ben, but like after every <laughs> game, it's my, you know, our shoulder, we'll see how I can get it iced up. Tom, Tom is not comfortable with that. Yeah. Doesn't believe in that. Doesn't crave the attention that I think people might believe he does. Uh, and that was the case with retirement as well. So you didn't actually hear the news that he was going to retire from some video that was posted in advance on Man in the Arena or something like that, as many <laughs> no, theorized, Jeff? Nor, nor, was, uh, nor was that ever going to be the case. <laughs> Which is amazing. Now, what do you think will be ahead for Tom Brady moving into the future? What, what do you think would interest him? What do you think he'll wind up doing? If you had to look into your crystal ball for Tom's future, right. what would you envision? Well, so there's a couple of, of avenues, and I think he can take several of them. Um, you know, I remember talking to people later later on in his career when, you know, they'd be talking about he didn't have his playbook out anymore. He had a real estate guide out, and he was looking at different properties and stuff. And, you know, he's hanging out. And, you know, the people who would hang in his suite are these billionaire businessmen. It's not anymore. It wasn't, you know, just the guys from, from the old days that he grew up with, his buddies. And I think he does truly have, at 44 years old, a real interest in being a, a businessman, you know, which I, I, seems kind of weird, but um, he really has a, a unique interest in, in that area. But that being said, I really think that he'll find his way into football in some capacity. I know he, is a, he, he loves football. He has an interest in it. He wants to be within the game in some capacity, um, even obviously if it's not on the playing field. Right. You look at Peyton Manning, right? Still broadcasting. People have talked about him doing other things, buying a piece of the Broncos, doing all sorts of things. Somehow you envision Peyton Manning involved in football. And despite the fact that Tom Brady has all these business connections and business interests, somehow you have to think that 
football will be something that would appeal to him at some point in time, whenever that may be, right? Of course not in the broadcast. I mean, uh, you know, not as a broadcaster. Uh, I can't even necessarily see him. Man, Manning cast with Peyton and, and Pey- uh, Peyton and Tom would be pretty, pretty damn cool. But um, no, in general, you know, we talked about how Tom likes to be kind of a little bit behind the scenes, surprisingly so. Right. Uh, I could see him in some capacity taking on a role that puts him in a position to do things that he really loves, which is, by the way, change the culture of an organization. You know what? We are very fortunate, as is everybody that got to watch him. Anybody that had any type of formative years watching football, following football, and got to watch him do what he did is blessed. Because that was unbelievable. I grew up watching Roger Staubach, and somehow – my memories as a little child are every time Roger Staubach got the ball in the closing minutes of a game when they were behind, I don't ever think that Roger Staubach didn't lead a come-from-behind victory over whatever team he was playing. And then, as an adult, I got to watch and cover John Elway do the very same thing, and he became the supposed master of the Mm two-minute comeback, Mr. Fantastic in the fourth quarter, and he was unbelievable then. But I don't know if there was anybody any more automatic in a right. spot like that than Tom Brady. And the fact that I can think back to my youth of Roger Staubach and my formative professional years with John Elway and think that Tom Brady trumps it all. Right. Watching it over 22 years, it was a privilege to get to watch the guy. I think if you think about Joe Montana, you know, you talk about the greatest and then it's like, wow, no, we just got to watch the greatest. We got to live it. Uh, you know, and there were moments – The last game of the season in Tampa um, when they were playing the Rams, I I remember just feeling like that could be it. I I knew pregame, you know, we we knew we'd reported that he was noncommittal to 2022. And I think you and I both saw where things were headed at that point already. And uh, I just remember like taking some moments being like, you know, watching him run onto the field and then watching him leave the field too, like. That's the last time I'll probably see Tom Brady, especially as he exited through the tunnel at Raymond James Stadium. That would be the last time that I would likely see him play a football game, which, you know, I think we're very lucky to have watched so much of his career over the years. And also not to compromise anybody or anything like that, but when we talked about the fact that it was going to be the end and it came obvious that it was the end, all of a sudden all these signs and signals Mm-hmm. of your work throughout, throughout the course of the year, encounters, what all of a sudden it all clicked on. Oh, my God, this, 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 right? And it all kind of crystallized that this is the end, correct? Yeah, yeah. no, we shared some pretty wild conversations where it was like, wow, and then, yeah, you just, it's it's crazy because he, he again, did a very good job of making it about the Bucks, make, putting his focus on the team, not allowing right. his future to become a distraction when, for the most part, you know, and not the whole season, but there were times that he kind of recognized that it was more likely than not that he was done after this year. Well, it was great to get to watch him, and it was great to get to work with you, and he will be missed in football, but I'm sure at some point we'll see him again, whenever that may be, doing whatever it is that he does. That's right. And I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It was fun to work with you. It's always fun to work with you, and I appreciate getting to – and I appreciate you taking your time to join us on the podcast today. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it, man. And there is my colleague, my friend, the outstanding reporter, Jeff Darlington. It was great. And it is always great to get to work with him. And now we begin to get ready 
for Super Bowl 56. And I will just tell everybody that one of my favorite moments of the year is that moment right at kickoff when somebody's kicking off and inside the Super Bowl stadium, at least it used to be this way, I guess, before iPhones, everybody snaps their camera and you see an explosion of flashbulbs every year. I love that. To me, it signifies we're at the end of the season, it signifies the start of the Super Bowl. It signifies all that's ahead. And we get to sit back and watch three and a half hours of what should be a great game, as we mentioned, with legacies and history on the line, so much at stake on Sunday. And once this game wraps up, then we'll begin to head into what I refer to as my regular season, because now we get to go into the combine, free agency, trades, contract extensions, the draft, all the storylines that make the NFL the hot stove league from February through the NFL draft in late April. We begin to see the quarterback carousel spin and all these teams that need quarterbacks this year. Where are they all getting them from? Where's Denver going to get its quarterback? Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Detroit. There are so many teams with so many quarterback questions. And from the moment this game wraps up, we'll begin to answer some of those questions and all the other questions that are ahead in the offseason. All right, I want to thank Keegan Michael. All right, I want to thank Keegan Michael Key, the actor, comedian, and host of NFL Honors. We hope his Lions fare better, even better next year than they did this past year. I want to thank my colleague and friend, Jeff Darlington. I want to thank my producer, Christina Buswell, her helper, Sarah Abbott. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. I hope everybody enjoys Super Bowl 56. We'll be back again next week with, amongst other guests, the former NFL executive Bill Polian as we begin to look ahead to what's going to transpire this offseason. And until then, enjoy Super Bowl 56. Be well and stay safe. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.